Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. Boy, today do I have a special guest. You're not going to believe who is in the building. I have the one and only my daddy. Thomas Martinez Jr. is here. Good afternoon. Welcome, daddy. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you're at TN3 Impact. This is a special podcast where we get to interview special people. Well, I feel special now. Uh, you better. <laughs> Darn it. Now, make sure you speak right into that microphone, Daddy. Make sure you speak right into that microphone. Well, listen, here's what I want to do. Okay. I think people need to understand, just uh, have a little bit of a cliff note version of, of your life. How you basically were able to go from, you know, being born in Puerto Rico to coming to this amazing, uh, to U.S., you coming to New York, and then uh, joining the military. In a cliff note version, tell us your story. Well, uh, very interesting topic here that I should be very familiar with, however... I'm going to try to give you the short version because I can't get long-winded. Yes, know. yes. Uh, eight years old, going on nine. My mother uprooted the three of us, my two brothers and I, who we went to Puerto, uh, from Puerto Rico to New York in the middle of the winter. Uh, we were not very smart about that, uh, going from 80-degree weather to below freezing there was a snowstorm the next day so we got to see snow right away uh however it was probably the best decision that my mother ever made in her mm. life uh it afforded us a good education uh 10 years later as it turned out i joined the military almost like almost exactly 10 years later all right, now you fast-forwarded really quick there. I like that. I like that, which is not like you. <laughs> well, hold on. We got, there's one piece that I just learned about this story because uh, Grandma was just here. And the one piece that I just recently learned is that she had all of you in just suits. You all all had suits on. Oh, well, if, as I remember it, not only did we have suits on, yeah. we were dressed to a T. We yeah. had... We were dressed in uh, dark blue suits, okay. white shirts, blue ties, yeah. and a black hat. You all had hats on. Yes, oh, my we goodness. Had, we had our little lids on, black hats with the little wow. feather on the side, very yeah. small. And I remember sitting on that airplane uh, next to apparently American tourists of yeah. some kind because we were separated. We weren't sitting together. Yeah. And they were speaking English. Uh. And, and as I remember it, because I didn't speak I, very few words, actually, in yeah. English. I, I remember hearing this sound. Wash, 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 wash. <laughs> <laughs> and just smiling at him? And I was looking at him and uh, uh, saying yes and no, but I had no idea what I was, why I was saying that because right. they, they did not speak English. I mean Spanish. Yeah, they did not yeah. speak Spanish. It was interesting. That's interesting. Now, and then the other thing I learned is that literally Grandma took every dollar that she had, which was she had she bought the plane tickets, got you suits. She had five hundred dollars. That's right. all she had in money, 
got on a plane, came here, and she had all that money in her purse. And that was it. That was it. Her life savings. Life savings. Unbelievable. She had, uh, she amounted that money by, uh, she worked in a factory in Puerto Rico. And they used to, you know how she does the needlepoint? Mm -hmm. Well, she used to make these shoes that were like the ballet shoes. Mm -hmm. And they were made out of a uh, elastic kind of string. Mm. And she knitted those. That was one of the things that she did wow. uh, on the side, on top of working at the factory. Uh, I think it was a Remington factory. They made uh, shavers, uh, electric shavers in, uh, in Vega Alta. Her and my aunt worked together. If you want to hear a funny story, mm -hmm. they look so much alike, they used to cash each other's check. No way. Way. So my mother would go in, cash her check, walk outside, come in the other door, go to another teller, and cash my aunt's check. Wow. And, and they couldn't barely tell them apart because they, so, they looked so much alike. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, so, so you get here, and I, and I, I asked Grandma this, and I, I thought it was really interesting, her response. Because I said, Grandma, you, you, you came to the U.S., you, you get here, you have all your money in your purse. I said, weren't you scared? Do you remember what she said? She said she was too dumb to be scared. Or, or too young. <laughs> too young to be scared. <laughs> She's like, I was, I was young. I was too young to be scared. What was I going to be scared about? She was 28 years old, as a matter of yeah. fact. So think about that. I, ca I can't. 28 I can't. years old, don't speak English, three kids. Single mom. Single mother, because when we got to New York, my father already had another family. Yeah. And uh, he let us know that we were not welcome. As a matter of fact, he told her that she needed to go back to Puerto Rico. Oh, my goodness. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. That yeah. almost earned him a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm surprised she didn't throat punch him right there. Uh, wow. It, was, it came pretty close to yeah. blow, as I remember. That's interesting. Okay, so you get, live through New York. You decide, okay, I'm going to go into the military. Okay, <laughs> I got to give you the short version. Yeah. So at the ripe old age of 16, even though I was a straight-A student, I decided to quit school. Okay. My mother said, oh, you don't go to school, you go to work. Okay. So I found a job. Yeah. Not only that, I found a job at 16. I, uh, I remember my first full-time job was a... I sold shoes at Buster yep. Brown Shoes. Yeah. And when I turned 18, because I was still working there, I remember I, I told Harvey I needed a day off. He said, why? And I didn't want to lie to him, so I finally said, look, I've been lying to you for the last two years. I wasn't 18 when you hired me. I had to go get my draft card or else yeah. I'd go to jail. Yeah. And he said, I knew you were an 18. <laughs> <laughs> so at... Uh, 18, uh, I got my draft card, and then the draft ended soon after I got my mm. draft card, so I never got drafted. However, uh, I went from that to working in a factory, and then I was driving a uh, uh, essentially a car service car. It mm. was supposed to be a... I, I got a t several tickets for mm -hmm. picking up passengers because I wasn't supposed to. Right. You uh, didn't have the medallion. I didn't have a medallion. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the police uh, 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 ended my taxi driving <laughs> career. <laughs> 
and I can uh, imagine. But I was still I was still driving, and then one day I passed by a recruiting station, and I had already, in I I, I lived in Puerto Rico for about a month and a half, the previous year. I had already spoken to a recruiter there. Okay. So it was just a matter of I got to do something. I got to get change. I got I need a change. So yeah. I went and talked to Sergeant First Class Korea, C O R R E A. Yeah. Not not like the country. Yeah. And uh I took the tests for the the uh the ASVAB and I did well. He said, "However, I can't take you in until because you don't have a high school diploma mm. so he talked me into going to New Jersey and getting and taking the uh, GED test okay it cost $30 I yeah. had 35 <laughs> wiped you out <laughs> yeah so my last $30 essentially I took the test a week later did you pass first time GED first time yeah I passed yeah uh he got the results because I I wouldn't I didn't want to get the results at my house. Yeah. Because I didn't want everybody to know what was going on. Yeah. So he got the results. He called me. He says, "I got I got a, a letter here. Do you want me to tell you the results?" And I said, "No, no, no, no. Come and get me." So he came and got me. Went to yeah. his office. He said, "You passed. You have a high school diploma. When do you want to leave?" Tomorrow. He said, "I can get you in tomorrow." <laughs> oh my goodness. I said, "No, no, no. My birthday. I want to wait." Till yeah. A week after my birthday, I saw the 14th of March, 1974. Yeah. On the 13th of March, 1974, is when I let the cat out of the bag. You finally I told, told Mama. I told Mama that I was leaving the next day, and the broomstick came flying at me. She <laughs> no, was she not was, happy. She was not happy. No, she was. Why do you happy. think she was so upset about you during the military? Is I would imagine the military at that time. Well, was there a negative too? There was a negative. The <clears throat> Vietnam War okay. was fresh on everyone's mind. It was on television every day for right. the, for the last ten years, and you know since the early '60s all the way through '64, '68. Now here's 1970s, and Nixon finally uh, talked to uh, and and was ending the war. Mm -hmm. It wasn't ending on a good note, but it was ending, mm -hmm. and. Uh, one of the big things that came out of that also was that they ended the draft. Okay. And it became an all-volunteer army. But in my mother's mind, I was going to war. You uh, know, she couldn't mother, separate. She couldn't separate the yep. two. Yep. And uh, she was not happy because she thought I was going to war. Okay. And the only thing she knew about the army was that uh, a lot of young kids got killed. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, she wasn't happy, but... Uh, I went through basic training. Uh, I had to uh, uh, say I had a girlfriend at the time. I had to get away from her, too. Mm -hmm. So I went through basic training, and uh, that was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I went in with a GED, and I came out with a bachelor's degree. So yeah. And a career instead of just a job. And... You got what a lot of people, you know, uh, it, you know, nowadays it's just not possible. Is it you, you're getting a retirement check? Yeah, I have a, a retirement check, and I have. A, I'm very lucky to have a medical coverage. Yeah. 
you know, probably some of the best medical coverage in the world. Yeah. Uh, with a, at a very low cost. Yep. These days, that's almost impossible to achieve. Yeah, it's tough. Um, so, military, just a couple questions. So, going through basic training, I mean, at that point, you, you literally went from, you know, high school dropout, just kind of just working, kind of just bouncing around, probably causing a lot of trouble in New York. Correct. And then <laughs> and all of a sudden now you're in boot camp for the military. Correct. Like, how did you, how were you able to shift those gears and not just completely say, no, this, I'm not listening to any of you idiots? Well, first of all, they kept reminding us that we volunteered. They didn't even ask us to come. <laughs> so every time somebody got upset, upset, yeah, yeah, they were like, dude, did I ask you to come here? Yeah. Did I make you come here? No, yeah, yeah. you volunteered. So, do yeah, you think? act accordingly. Uh, and, and, of course, they use a lot of flowery words. When they yeah, said that. yeah. They said that. Very politely. Very politely. <laughs> said, just please go over to that corner. <laughs> yeah, do a lot uh, of push-ups. One of the things that I realized was that I've always been very competitive. I, I love competition, mm. so I kind of took it as a competition. Everything mm. was a competition to me, so I wanted to be like have the highest scores mm -hmm. when it came to map reading and land navigation and physical fitness. And I wanted to show the, 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 the drill sergeants that I was not a wuss, that I was going to run and I was going to, until I died, I mm -hmm. was going to, they weren't going to send me home. Yeah. You know, there's no way they're going to send me home. I was going to show them. And of course that I, I think that competitive nature of mine has, uh, has helped me throughout everything that I've done, really. Yeah. I really relish, you know, showing somebody that I can do something that they tell me I can't do. I, yeah. I enjoyed proving them wrong. And this was my opportunity to do that. Uh, was it hard, uh, basic training? Oh, my gosh. There was many days that I wanted to uh, cry. I wanted to beat somebody i wanted mm -hmm. to run away well, it wasn't easy but uh i made it through and uh i did the same with the other schools that i went through i went through a, a primary leadership school and yeah non-commissioned officer education uh, which is uh, uh the advanced medical laboratory the basic medical laboratory courses that i took and yeah all of them i i kind of did the same thing i was trying to I was competing against all these other guys. And, yeah. And uh, prove myself. That's cool. So you get to a point where you're, you're ready to transition out of the military. And what was that transition like? You know, it's time. I'm going to retire. What was that transition like? Well, first I have to say that I loved being a soldier. Yeah. I really did. I enjoyed my 20 years uh, of being a soldier. And... Uh, especially once I got to the leadership positions, I really enjoyed developing the people that were going to take over for me. Because one of the things that I noticed is in the military, there were some people that thought they were going to be there forever. Yeah. And they didn't want anyone to take over their job or to uh, excel. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, for some reason, I took the position that 
I wasn't going to be there forever. Yeah. Somebody had to take over my position because I was not going to be there forever. Right. And I enjoyed training my soldiers to take me take my position. It's kind of like uh, uh, when I taught you how to play tennis. Mm-hmm. I knew that eventually you were going to beat me. And the day that you beat me, I mm. didn't see it as a bad thing. I saw yeah. it as a good thing. I saw it as, okay. You did your job. I did my job. Yep. He's better than me. Yep. And, and for that, that same way, that's the same way that I, I saw my uh, training soldiers. Yeah. In 1994, uh, I saw an opportunity. Mm. I saw that uh, Kim at the time was in a stable position. Uh, she was in a senior non-commissioned officer position at Fort mm-hmm. Sam, and her job was very stable mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, I saw I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to transition from the military. I was, truthfully, I was getting to the point to where I was not enjoying myself as much as I thought I would. Mm. Uh, it seemed like sometimes, no matter how high I got, there were still some people that wanted to treat me as if I was a, a private. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I decided it was time to go. Yeah, uh, I was one or two semesters short of my bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. and I had this great idea to become a. Uh, Trainer, a, fist, a fitness right. trainer. Yeah, I was, I was, I wanted to be. Well, you were a, doing that in the military. Your last stint of your was a master fitness trainer, correct? My, my last assignment was I was in, I was a laboratory NCO, but then they gave me a special assignment as the fitness trainer for right. the hospital. Okay. And so, in that position, I was able to uh, train one on one and in groups people to excel. Uh, or to meet their basic standards of uh, physical fitness right. and, and weight. Right. That was a my probably the most enjoyable job of all the jobs I had was. Yeah. I, had, I loved it. I remember you were training people at the house. I remember that. Uh, that was when uh, I started my fitness training, mm-hmm. uh, uh, personal training at the house. That yep. was exactly right, and uh, it was interesting that. Uh, Do you remember what you charged per hour? Yes. I'm curious. It was forty-five dollars an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, especially best. what was it? I mean, that was twenty years ago. Twenty-three. Yeah. Twenty-four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you had all the certifications. I remember that, didn't I, you? I got my certification as a uh, uh, certified uh, 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 personal trainer. I was a certified aerobics trainer. I was a certified group and personal trainer. Right. Y'all, y'all did hear that, right? He said aerobics. <laughs> and listen, aerobics. There, I, I'm going to have in this video, I'm going to have a picture of my dad in his, in his, uh, in my aerobics in your, your leotard. Because <laughs> boy, that's a picture right there. Let me tell you. Yes. Hey, keep was, going. I'm sorry. I was, I was very proud. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think there was any moose knuckles. No. <laughs> good gosh. Oh my no. goodness! But anyway, yeah, uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> that was for my sister. Uh, that was especially for that Keisha. Was especially for Keisha <laughs> Martinez. Thank you for that visual. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, so I, I 
the the company name that I chose was called Buffed Body Enterprise. Oh my goodness! So needless to say, I used to get a lot of calls from uh, uh, college uh, car polish companies. Oh yeah. <laughs> So oh, we have a new product so we'd like funny. you to try. And I'm like, what What kind of product is it? Yeah. He said, well, it'll bring out the shine in any car. <laughs> like, I don't do cars. Yeah. <laughs> I buff bodies. Yes. Human bodies. Human bodies. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. How long did you do that for? I did that for three years. Yeah. Three and a half years, basically. Uh, 94 to 97. And during that time, that's when you were going back to school. I went back to school. Yeah. I finished my bachelor's. And I graduated. And so what year was it that you graduated? 95. Okay. So no, actually, it was, no. It was the same year that you graduated from high school. Yeah. I, we both... No, no, no. I'm sorry. 95, the following year. It was the following year, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we were both going to Wayland Baptist at the same time. That's right. So I remember going to your graduation, which... Is, and I had just recently shared this. And I remember sitting there and... It was somewhere off of uh, it was off of 281, if I remember correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a church or something like that? I think so. Yes. Yeah, and I remember sitting there, and I'm th and I'm watching. I mean, it's, as a, you know, here I am. I'm a college student, and I'm, you know, I'm watching my dad graduate, and I remember sitting there going like, now I I have to get my degree, right? Like this, there is just, no way that I cannot do it. Believe it or not, that was one of my reasons for doing it. Now, I'm the first person in my immediate family that graduated from college. Yep. I mean, we had people graduate from high school and, and all of those things, but in my immediate family and uh, even when you take into account my uncles and aunts, you know, I was one of the first to get a full bachelor's degree. So that was, not only that, I kind I think I kind of owed that to my mother and I yeah. owed that to you and Keisha. Mm -hmm. I wanted to set a standard and I wanted to prove to my mother that she was right. You know, one of the, saddest moments that I can remember in my life when I when I think back is when I told her that I quit high school mm. she was very very hurt and upset because she wanted to go to school yeah and was unable and so she saw me as you know her avatar that was going to mm -hmm. accomplish all the things that she didn't yeah and so now my graduation from college was like a gift to her to show her, look, you were right all along. I, I probably should have done this 20 years ago, but yeah. here I am. You know? Yeah, I did it. I did it. And, yeah. and I had to give her credit for it because in the back of my mind, I was wanting to please her as well. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to set the bar for you and Keisha. Yep. So I guess it, said, it worked. It worked. I, Because I, I, I just remember there sitting there like, he's not going to steal the glory. I'm going to go to school. I'm, you know, I'm going to get this degree. Now, you went on to also get a master's. I I'm a, I'm thinking one semester short of a master's. One semester short. One semester yeah. short of a master's. Because you had to do that for your the, certification. Yeah, right? I remember that. So after, uh, in, in 97... 
I stopped. Well, I used to work. I, I was doing the personal trading, going to school, and I worked part time at uh, at uh, hospital after retiring. <laughs> after retiring. After retiring. Then once I got my my degree, then I just worked part time and I did my fitness training okay. at home. And not only did I go do it at home, I used to go to people's houses right. too with my little red truck. Remember? Oh, I remember little that Ford truck, truck with no AC. <laughs> it had AC. Eventually, yeah, you had to put it in there. <laughs> I put it in there eventually, uh, uh, but uh, uh, then we went to Hawaii, and, yeah. and I stopped doing personal trading. Then I, I, I worked for the drug testing laboratory there. Okay. When I came, when we came back from Hawaii, uh, Kim's sister offered me an opportunity to be a disability management specialist. Okay. Certified disability management specialist, but for that I needed master's level courses got it to get so that i could sit for that certification that test there because there was a test it's oh yeah it's uh yeah i think from what i remember it was a uh i can't remember if it was four hours that we had to do that test but it was it was a very long yeah very tedious test and i walked out of there thinking i just blew yeah three hundred and seventy five dollars yeah uh, but i actually passed uh, yeah but before like i said before i sat for it i had to take master's level courses right so i'm, I'm like one semester short of a master's degree. yeah well i I'm, I'm thinking you know going from the you know the eight-year-old getting on a plane in puerto rico and seeing i mean obviously where your life has led to now and could you ever imagined getting on that plane and in, envision in, in the life that you've been able to live? I had no idea. Uh, I wish I could say that I planned it all out. Yeah. But I didn't plan it. Uh, some of it was a little dumb luck. Hmm. Uh, some of it was being at the right place at the right time. Uh, thank God for that. Yeah. But when I look back from my humble beginnings to now, I have to just praise God. And, and uh, uh, I'm a very long way from that eight-year-old. Yeah. That uh, living in a... One bit, one room basically. When when we lived in Puerto Rico, we had yeah. like it was uh, a bedroom with a little living room and a porch, and yeah. a little kitchen, and that was that was the size of our house. Our house in that I was born and grew up in probably fit in my garage. Oh, your house currently? Of the house that wow. I have now. That's how small it was. Wow. And so I'm very humbled every day when I get to my house i i just sometimes want to drop to my knees and just say you know thank you thank you yeah god is good god is good and that's awesome and so now here you are you're doing that career that you were doing up in minnesota you're doing that in san antonio correct right and it's it's case management case management okay, tell us a little bit about what that is case management is uh i work with uh people that are injured at work. Okay. So it's all during a workers' comp 
uh, type work. Okay. And I essentially help or assist that person into obtaining the medical treatment required to get them to the level of as good as they can get. And it may okay. be a hundred percent or it may be 50% and maybe 75%. Depending how, on the injury. Depending on how bad the injury is, right? Okay. The person may not. And once that person has reached what is called their maximum medical improvement, uh, it's determined whether or not they go back to their original job, a new job, hmm. or uh, a modified job, okay. depending on their injury. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most interesting and uh, enjoyable jobs that I've ever done because I've gone into a hospital, seen a person in bed with multiple injuries, and they think that their life is done. Mm. And I'm there to explain to them, no, your life is not done. Mm -hmm. I've seen worse. And I'm like their cheerleader saying, look, you can do this. Yeah. You've got these attributes, you know, youth and resources, and we're going to get you better. We're going to get you better. And then seeing that person go from a wheelchair to a walker mm. to crutches to a cane and then finally actually running or walking on their own or running and right. going back to, you know, whatever position that, that they held at the time. Uh, before their injury, that's the most, uh, that's, that's, that's a cool. great feeling. That that's is, cool. That is a great, great feeling and, and uh, uh, very fulfilling. Do you, I, I, I know we've talked about this, and you, you, have, you have patients who, um, you know, the ones that recover really well and then the ones who don't. Right. Very interesting. Are, right. So, what the the what what's you've the seen? Difference? What's the difference? How do what are the difference between those who recover and those who just stay in pain and don't recover? Attitude. Attitude. Yeah. Attitude, and the the fight, the fight in that person. Mm. Uh, but I used to have a uh, leader, sergeant major that used to walk around and he, he'd say this, your attitude reflects your altitude. Mm. Your attitude reflects your altitude. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody with a bad attitude, someone that uh, is a woe is me kind mm -hmm. of person can allow a finger, a finger injury to stop them in their tracks, mm. to put them into uh, uh, depression and stop their whole career. At the same time, a person with the right attitude, the positive attitude that says, you know, I'm going to work my way out of this. I'm, this is not going to get me down. And uh, with that positive attitude can go from the wheelchair mm. to the walker and patiently go to crutches, cane, and run eventually. Yeah, That's, wow. And, and it's all reflected on their attitude and whether or not they believe in themselves or, or right. they believe that, you know, 
they believe in themselves. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? And I would imagine for a lot of these people, that belief, they probably had that before the injury. They probably had this attitude prior to. It's optimism. More opti- optimistic mindset. Optimism or pessimism. And yeah. I, that, those two, I think those two words can make or break you, you know, mm. the, those labels, because they're labels, they're just labels, they're, they're labels that, that uh, uh, describe a person's attitude, right. basically. An optimistic person, you know, they trip and they say, oh, you know, well, I didn't break anything, right. so here I go. Right. A pessimistic person, they trip and they want to curse the rock yeah. and the person who put the rock there and yeah. the rock that was there before it. Right. And and why didn't your friends tell them there was a rock there? <laughs> <And> somebody, <laughs> why didn't somebody tell me there was a rock there? And how come, you know, yeah. they, they have a negative attitude. Yeah. And the pessimism just is, is destroying of, of, it can even destroy your character. You know? Yeah, big time. Big time. Well, listen, we're going to wrap up because we, we've reached a limit. And I, I, I always go to, there's a couple of questions. There's a book called Tools of Titans. And I don't like to give these uh, questions beforehand because I want it kind of just off the cuff. And uh, Tim Ferriss wrote this book. And these, these are really, really good questions. And the one question is, and I, I, I've asked this to almost everybody that we've done the show with, is think of a purchase that you've made under $100 that has, in the last six months, that has been like a life change. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've lived without this. And make it PG, please. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I, I, would, I would imagine... And it could be a little over a hundred if it needed to be. Well, no, I, it's going to be under a hundred, and it is a uh, wireless headphones. Okay. For my telephone. Ah, okay. It's something that very simple. Yeah. Uh, when I when I run, I, I, I've I've been running with headphones, and there have been an iteration of headphones, as you know. Yeah. From the 1990s when I had when you had your Walkman. Walkman. <laughs> And my cassette player, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it went from a cassette player and so forth. But yeah. uh, now, of course, everybody, I love to run with music right. and uh, my phone. And probably getting rid of the wire that every like when when I had the wired headphones, which I it never really I didn't really mind it. Yeah. Except for every once in a while, my hands would get stuck. In rip it out. and rip it out, or or uh, pull it out of the, my pocket, or you know, drop it on the floor. And right. these wireless headphones, uh, my first pair I found. Yeah, and they were the Beats. They oh were yeah, like of Brett. Hundred and fifty dollar pair. Yep. I didn't know they were hundred fifty dollars till I looked them up, and yep. I wanted to, I wanted to replace them because it wasn't working. Right. And I said, $150. So I went to uh, the most famous and best website ever yeah. invented, Amazon. Of <laughs> yeah, of course. And they Shout only, out. Yeah. They, not only, they had probably 100. Yep. And 
uh, I found this pair for eighteen ninety nine. Oh my That goodness. looked just like the Beats, but oh they goodness. were a red in color. Yeah. And I, 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 I believe they probably come out of the same factory. Probably. Yeah. Because they work just like the Beats. Yeah. They're just as good. And every time I put them in, I say to myself, you know, America yeah. <laughs> is a great place. Yeah, it's thinking Amazon is a great place, for, right? For $18.99, I run wire-free, you know. The only, yeah. thing, the only thing is I every once in a while, I'll forget to charge them and then, then I start cursing. Yeah, Amazon. then you're upset. Uh, I'm upset. Then you're upset, yeah. Not upset to the point to where I'll throw them away, though, because yeah. I know I'll, I'll need them tomorrow. Yeah, that's cool. All right, last question, and then we this one you've got literally you've got thirty seconds. I want to know uh, in the last five years what new habit or new lifestyle change have you picked up? CrossFit. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah, tell it, me about that, Daddy. CrossFit is the most amazing thing that I've done lately. And the reason I like it is because every workout, I feel like I give it all. I talked about being competitive. Yeah. And I may not necessarily be competing against everyone in there because some of the people in there, obviously, they've been doing it for a long right. time or they're half my age and, and they're going to lift a lot more weight. But I compete against myself. So, yeah. for example, yesterday, I, uh, we were doing uh, cleans, squat cleans. And uh, in the past, I would do 85 pounds, 95 yeah. pounds, and I'd be struggling with it. I And I had 95 pounds on the bar, and I said to myself, you know what? It's time to challenge yourself. So I put 115 pounds on oh there. Oh, my gosh. And I did the total number of 15 of those babies. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I uh, uh, rode 21 calories on the bike. This is after having done... 15 20 something yeah. cleans uh but uh i feel like i leave it all out there yeah and it's a full body workout every time i go so i have to say uh don't be afraid to give yeah. it a try crossfit crossfit it's for everybody it's for everybody because how old are you daddy I am 63 years young. Yes, yeah, right. 63 years young, Quang. and he is still killing CrossFit and running. I mean, we just ran last year. We just ran uh, two marathons, two, half marathons two half together. Two marathons, and this year, God willing, we'll be running two or three more. That's right. We'll be in Chicago doing the half marathon Chicago um, in less than a month. In, uh, that's right, in June. In July. Uh, July. July. Yeah, and in uh, Vegas. I, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking out of this is you know, uh, quality of life is more important than quantity. Yeah. So at this point, I'm trying to do the most that I can with whatever time I have left. That's right. I don't want to just sit around and watch time pass. I want to take. No. I want to take part in everything. That's right. That I can. That's what you got to do. Well, Daddy, listen. I want to thank you for being on TM3 Impact special guest it's an honor to sit with you here and i want to say thank you because uh, all of this is uh you know what we've been able to do with luxury Home magazine what christine and i've been able to you know put together we just want to say thank you because you know what um 
going to school, I needed to come home to San Antonio to get finish that degree. And uh, I got to come here and live with you and big influence on my life, my entire life. And so thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I hope it's not the last time. No. And, and uh, uh, I have to say, this is one of the proudest moments of my life today. Yeah. Just sitting across <laughs> from you and, and uh, speaking. That's right. Love you, Daddy. Love you more. All righty. Stay tuned. Please be sure to subscribe to our TM3 Impact. Um, you're going to find this on YouTube. You're going to find this on our website, tm3impact.com. Looking forward to speaking with you. If you want to learn more about the show, just email us. Give us a call. We'd love to have you on the show. Take care.